Good morning. Well, I have stood up here. This is weird. We've got these safety things. I think it's if I get too passionate to keep me from going down into the pit. All right. Um, I've, I've stood up here a few times, <coughs> excuse me, and, and told you that I do not have a musical bone in my body. And I was saying, I still believe that, but I was saying that to somebody this last couple of weeks, and I had this flashback to a time in my life that I actually had a musical bone in my body. I was, I was about 10 years old, and I had been involved in sports, and I had done Boy Scouts, and I thought, you know what? I could play an instrument. I'll just, I'll just figure it out. And so I thought through the different instruments that I would love to be able to play, and I finally landed on the one that I went, that's... That's the granddaddy of all the instruments. That's, that's the instrument that rock stars probably dream of being able to play. And that instrument was the accordion. The accordion. And so I began accordion lessons at 10 years old. And I, I would go once a week on Saturdays and work with this instructor. And we, we leased, we rented this accordion. And uh, I hate to brag, but I was pretty good, all right? And so at the end of this three months, there was this test, and you had to play a song perfectly, just flawlessly on the accordion. And I got to the day of the test, and I, I took the test, and I passed with flying colors, and, and I just was daydreaming about my accordion playing greatness. And the instructor said, Nathan, well done. Um, I'm going to have you step out of the room while I talk to your parents for a minute. And so I'm out there thinking... I'm awesome. I'm just so awesome. This is accordion greatness, okay? And I found out that night what they had talked about. Uh, my parents sat me down at the table, and they had to have that difficult conversation that many of us in here are familiar with when the kids are really excited and they want to do everything, but money just doesn't allow for that. And so they said, Nathan, in order for you to really like progress with the accordion, we have to buy an accordion for you, and we just, we just can't do it right now. And I put my head on the table and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed over the accordion, okay? No offense to any accordion players in here, but I just, I, it was so terrible to me at the time. Well, a couple months went by, and actually that night, that night, I just got to disclose this. Um, that's when I realized, okay, my, my plans to be an accordion player are gone, so I guess I'm going to have to settle for being a, a supermodel, and, and so... <laughs> Um, wow, thanks guys, I, 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 uh, but I, the rest is history. So no, a couple months went by, and this show came out that some of you are familiar with. It became one of my favorite shows as a kid. It was a show called Family Matters, all right? And Family Matters was about a family in Chicago who had this really, really, really dorky, geeky, annoying neighbor named Steve Urkel, Okay. And Steve Urkel, he'd wear the suspenders and the pants really high, and he had this really annoying voice. And Steve Urkel, he had one passion. You know what that was? It was the accordion. And the second I saw it, I, it was the first time in my life that I said, thank you, Jesus, that my plans did not work out. Question, have you ever looked back at your plans that you wanted to work out so badly and said, thank you, Jesus, that that did not work out. That's, that's hard, isn't it? We don't often go there. Usually we go kicking and screaming when there's a change in plans. But let me ask you this. What if there's a better plan out there? 
What if there's a better plan for how you walk through this life? And the reason I bring this up is because Christmas, you know what it's the arrival of? A better plan. A better plan to walk through this life. Despite the plans of human beings, this was the arrival of God's plan in our lives. And so we're going to talk about this story this morning. It's a story that really highlights how we miss, how we could potentially miss a better plan for our lives. And at the end of this story, there is a song. You know, as as Thomas mentioned last week, we're in the middle of a series called The Original Christmas Playlist because there are a few songs in the book of Luke, where we're going to be this morning, that really point us, they point us to a better plan for our lives with the arrival of Jesus. And so I want us to walk through this story and then I want us to look at this song because in those moments when life hands you a change of plan, this song is so instructive for how we walk through life. So if you have your Bibles, we're in Luke chapter 1, but take a look. It'll be up on screen if you don't have a Bible. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says this, in the sixth month, that's referring to the sixth month of a a girl named Elizabeth, her pregnancy. We talked about it here last week. Thomas mentioned it. But in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Now, We read this and we think, okay, this is telling us where it happened. But if you had told people during that time that God, of all the places he could send an angel, he's going to send an angel to Nazareth, they wouldn't have believed you. Because Nazareth was one of those places that people didn't associate with God's work. They looked at Nazareth, and in fact, one guy named Nathaniel in the book of John, you know what he says? He says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? It goes on. He sent the angel, to, uh, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin. This was a young lady who in that time, often young ladies were overlooked. I mean, men were, were the focus and the women and the children were often bystanders. And so now you've got this place that's overlooked. And this angel, this angel comes to this girl who's overlooked. It says, to a virgin pledged to be married. Pledged to be married. You know what that is? That's a plan. That's a plan. Pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Okay, so bring all this together for a minute. God chooses to send an angel to an unlikely place, to an overlooked person who's in the middle of her own plans. Now, let me talk about us for a minute. Have you been there? Have you had moments? Do you have a Nazareth in your life? Nazareth is the place that you look at it and you go, God couldn't possibly work there. God couldn't possibly work in that area of my life. I mean, I've seen him do it over here and over here, but not that area. That's Nazareth. Or maybe you're in a place, you're in circumstances right now where you look around and you go, God doesn't even see me right here. Or maybe for you, it's not the Nazareth thing. Maybe it's, you, you feel like a person, that, that God is off dealing with the important, the holy people. And you don't see yourself as somebody who's got the attention of a loving God. You feel that way? Or maybe, maybe you're just in the midst of your plans, and they're good plans. And, and, and we're focused on our plans. And you know what? You know what all this, in the midst of all this, you know what God does? God says no. 
I'm going to show up right in the middle of it. And I think, I think we can't miss what Gabriel says next. Look what he says. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. Wait, wait, wait. Unlikely place, overlooked person in the middle of her own plans. And why is she highly favored? What he says next, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. You know, we could stop after this paragraph that we're not going to, but we could stop after this paragraph this morning and that would be all many of us need to hear. Do you know he sees you? Did you know he wants to show up in that place that you didn't think he was going to show up? Did you know you're a person he wants to show up in the life of? And in the midst of our plans. But here's what I think we forget. Whether it's the Nazareth thing, whether it's just we feel overlooked thing, or whether it's being in the middle of our own plans. You know what I think we forget? Is that he's with us. That he's present. We forget his accessibility. And when we forget his accessibility, we risk, we risk missing his plan for our lives. God says, you have full access to me. In fact, here, let me just bring it down. If, if you can't connect to the idea of God being with you, why don't you think about this? Everybody has one of these? Almost everybody? Maybe you've done the thing I do, that in the midst of going about my day-to-day -day activities, I have actually done things where I'll be holding this in my hand. And Kara will ask me to, to take care of dinner. It's not, it's not often, right? Usually it's macaroni and cheese or cereal. But um, I'll be holding this in my hand, and a recipe will call for like a pint of something. I'll go, a pint? And I'm looking at our measuring cups, and I'm like, well, nothing says a pint. These are all cups. And so I'll sit there, and I'll go, how many cups are in a pint? Where could I figure out how many cups are in a pint? Where could I figure this out? And so I open up four cookbooks looking for a table of measures and stuff like that. And then I call my mom and I'm like, Mom, hey, can, can you remind me how many cups are in a pint? I don't even know if those measurements go together, honestly. I'll have days where I'm trying to figure out what the weather is. And you know what I think? Oh, I guess I'll have to wait till the news comes on at like 5 o'clock tonight. And I'm holding this in my hand. Have you been there? I mean, we do it with this, and we do it with God. He says, look, it does not matter where you're at. It does not matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you're in the midst of. I am fully accessible to you. Well, the story continues. Look at, what, look at Mary's response to all this. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled, and some translations say perplexed, perplexed at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And I read that and I thought, well, okay, I could see where she'd be perplexed because this is an unlikely place. I feel like an overlooked person. But maybe what troubled her most, at least if it's me, I'm thinking about, this is a young girl who's been looking forward to her wedding day. Have you ever gotten in the way of a girl looking forward to her wedding day? It's not a good idea. Not a good idea. Perhaps this is why she's troubled. I know it would be why I'm troubled. Well, the angel, the angel says something that surprises her. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 
You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And if I'm Mary, I'm thinking, oh, I didn't know that. Because most times we weren't looking for that. This is Gabriel saying, look, Mary, I know you've got earthly plans. I know you're going about your business. I know all you see is the, the earthly stuff. But would you consider that in the midst of all that you're doing, in the midst of the place you're in and who you are and the plans you've got going, would you consider that God has eternal possibilities right where you're at? And I think this is an invitation to shift perspective in our everyday activities. God's saying, you don't need to end up in some important place. You don't need to be some important person in the eyes of the world. And you don't have to just drop everything. I wanna show up right in the middle of your plans. You know what that means? It means that, that that job that we go to work every single day, maybe, maybe there are eternal possibilities there. Maybe it's not just a paycheck. Maybe that house that we live in or the place we live next to the people we live next to, maybe it's not just shelter. I mean, that's a blessing, don't get me wrong. But maybe it has eternal possibilities. Maybe God wants to switch the lens on what we see just with earthly eyes and say, no, 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 there are eternal possibilities. Yet you know what happens? We miss it. We miss it. And if all that I do on you know, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, or the rest of my life, is I just see earthly plans and the earthly stuff, I can miss out. I can miss out on the possibilities he has. See, not only do we forget that God, his, his accessibility, but we don't see all of his possibilities. Here, let's try an exercise, okay? And if you've seen this, please don't yell it out, okay? But we're going to put a picture up on the screen here. All right, nine dots, nine dots. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your mental pen right now, all right? You're gonna put it down on the paper and I want you to see if you can connect all nine dots with four straight lines and you cannot pick your pen up, all right? I'll give you a few seconds. Four straight lines, connect all nine dots. Some of you are like, I know this, I've seen it. All right. Did anybody come up with this? How many of you have seen that before? Isn't it interesting when you've never seen it before, you know where we often tend to stay? Inside those nine dots. Okay, what if I ask you to connect it with three straight lines? Don't pick your pen up off the paper. Could you do it? I see a couple engineers in here who got it in light of what Steve was talking about earlier. You know what happens? When we get focused on our earthly plans, we get focused on the dots, and we forget that God has possibilities outside those dots. Well, Mary, in light of what the angel has just said, she's got the same question that all of us would have. Look at what she says, verse 34. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I... I'm a virgin. 
Like, that's great you're saying I'm going to have a baby, but um, problem, I'm a virgin. And, and the angel takes her up on this challenge. Look at Gabriel's reply. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. And then this next statement. This next statement is something you've said to yourself. You've said it to other people. But, but I got to ask, do we believe it? Look what he says. For nothing is impossible with God. Some translations say, for no word from God will ever fail. Do you believe that? Do, do you believe that in a place where you can do absolutely nothing, God can do something? It's hard, isn't it? And it's hard because, well, let me, let me point something out to you. Can we go back one slide? Who does Gabriel emphasize is going to make this happen? Sorry, one more slide. Who does Gabriel emphasize is going to make this happen? It's God. It's his Holy Spirit. But you know where we get, we get kind of blocked is I think we look, we look at a plan other than our own. And we look at the possibilities and we view it as possible or impossible through the lens of whether I have the capability to do it. We think about our own power in these moments. See, we, we forget his accessibility and we don't see all of his possibilities and we rely on our own capabilities, don't we? In fact, I get reminded of this every single year. How many of you put up Christmas lights on the outside of your house? Okay, here's what happened, oh, I don't know, five years ago we started putting up Christmas lights on the outside. So the first year we had our kitchen lights on and we had the Christmas tree on and we decorated a bush and it was, it was really cool. We thought it was the greatest display in all of Littleton, Colorado. And uh, I should have stopped there. But the next year, I decided, you know what? Let's go big. Let's go big. And so we wrapped a tree outside. We had that bush decorated. We lined the gutters with lights. And, and we took care of another tree. And I noticed we could have the kitchen lights on and we could have the Christmas tree lights on. We could even have the TV on while, while the outside lights were on. But one night it started the dryer and what happened? <laughs> Oh, okay, I got to keep that in mind. Don't quite have the capacity to light all of this. Well, this year came around. You think I remembered what we said last year? No way. No. So we lined our, our wall, our landscape wall outside. We did the gutters. We did the tree. We did the bush. We did two more trees. So, well, that was a couple weeks ago. Had the lights on. Had the Christmas tree on. Turned on the TV. So I, I ran an extension cord over to the neighbor's house, actually, and, and um, in case they're here, I might be answering for that afterwards. But we forget and we rely on our own capacity and our own capabilities, don't we? It's so easy to do. And so you can see, it's so clear. We can miss God's plan so easily. When we forget he's accessible, we don't see all that's possible, and we forget that he's more than capable to carry out his plans. And this is where I think Mary pulls ahead of a lot of us. Look at this response. Maybe you've heard this before, but it's so powerful. Verse 38, I am the Lord's 
servant. You know what that means? That means my life and my plans. It's not my life, not my plans. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And then look at this statement. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Do you know what Mary figured out? She figured out that she had a choice. That when life presents you with a change in plan, you can go with your plan or you can surrender to another plan. And the only way you can surrender to another plan is if you remember that God is accessible, you remember all that's possible, and you rely on the fact that he is more than capable. And what Mary discovered in that moment, and I think in the years ahead, was simply this, that God's power is born into the life that bows to God's plans. You want to know what you do in the middle of the week? when things aren't going as planned or when there's a major, major shift in your life and you can't play the accordion anymore, do you want to know what you remember? That God's power, God's, God's power is born into the life that bows to God's plans. You can't lose sight of that. Well, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Well, that's easy for you to say, Nathan, because Mary had the whole plan spelled out to her. I mean, God sent an angel, and, sh and, and he showed up, and he explained the whole thing. He explained, he explained exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. So what about us? And this is where Mary's song comes in. Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth, and while she's there with Elizabeth, Mary sings this song that I think as we read through this, it, it is just an instruction manual on how you handle life when it hands you a change of plans. Take a look at this. Verse 46, and Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done. Did you notice that phrase? Has done great things for me. Holy is his name. You know what she's doing right here? She's remembering. She's looking back. You, don't, you know what you do when life faces you with a change of plans? You look back. You look back and you look for the presence of God in your life. You remember. Well, and then she moves into something else. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. So now Mary is expanding from just her own life, and she's looking out across the landscape. She's looking at the world around her and what's going on there. And where many, many, many of us in her position, where we would see problems and we would see obstacles, you know what she sees? Possibilities. She sees possibilities that maybe she doesn't even understand yet. So when life hands you a change of plans, you want to know what helps you to bow to God's plan? You remember his presence in your life, and then you look around for his possibilities. Or maybe you've seen problems you consider eternal possibilities. And then Mary ends this song with one more piece. 
Verse 54, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Now you read that, it's like, okay, well, what's that about? And Mary is now, she's looked at her own life, she's looked at the world around her, you know where she's looking now? At the history of God's people. Where do you find that? Right here. You remember his presence in your life. You look around and consider his possibilities throughout the world and in the situation that you're in. And then you look to his power. And there is no greater place to be reminded of his power over and over than right here. Because the same power he displayed throughout his word, that's the same power that in just over three decades from this moment where Mary's singing this song, that's the same power that would raise her son from the dead after he was crucified on the cross. When life hands us a change of plans, the best thing we can remember is that God's power is born into the life that bows to God's plans. And how do you, how do you get to a place where you can bow? You look back at his presence in your life. You consider his possibilities around you. And then you look to and rely on his power to raise you up. Now, that's easy to say. But there's going to come a moment. It, it's going to be in the middle of the week and, the, and everything's going on. And it's going to be difficult. And that's why the, the last verse of this little account is something I think we got to read. And we can't miss. Look at what it says. Verse 56. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Now, I want you to think about something. Three months she's with Elizabeth. And I don't know exactly when this baby began forming in her womb, but there was going to come a point where Mary was going to go back home and she's going to be showing. And people are going to look at her and they're going to go, wait, she's pledged to be married, but there's a, there's a baby bump. And you know what's going to happen? People are going to start whispering and people are going to start gossiping and there are going to be rumors flying. She's going to be misunderstood. And you know what? That's a hard situation to be in. That's a really difficult situation to be in. How do you walk through that? Well, I'm guessing Mary knew exactly how to walk through that. She was full of power to walk through that because God's power is born into the life that bows to God's plans. I don't know every single story in here this morning, but I do know this. God wants to remind you he is with you. He's right where you're at. There's no need to change location or, or position or personality or who you are or even the plans. He says, you know what? I'll show up right in the middle of it. And all you got to do is bow to his plans. That's a much better way to walk through this life. And I pray that one day, as I hope Mary did, I wonder if Mary did, that we would all look back and go, that was a much better plan. As the band comes up, um, I'm going to strap on an accordion to play with them. No, I'm not. But uh, let me pray for all of us. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you that you are a God who, despite what we think, you show up.
in the places we don't think you can be. You show up in the lives of people that maybe we feel overlooked. And you also show up in the midst of our plans. And so, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to your accessibility, to your possibilities, to your capabilities. So that truly we would bow to a plan so much better than ours. One that when people look at our lives, they see Jesus. They see the life of Jesus coming out of our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.